You are listening to the weekly podcast of Transformation Life Church in Muskegon, Michigan. We pray you enjoy today's message. Yeah, you said that we can be your light, that hope and love shines in the darkest night. Hey, we will radiate away all the hate like fireworks for the world. Okay, come on, let's turn the lights on. Yes, every single day, you show us the way. Yeah, like my we want to do what you do. Yeah, we're going to shine like you. We are like the kids are up here. Only a couple of you got in here. So I just We're still the happiest people. We only walk the through the shadow of death. We don't actually walk through and then, and then listen, we you might mourn, peace. but joy comes in the you morning. So peace. come on, we got to just stand up. Everybody stand up. Come on, listen up, You can't war unless you got some joy in you. You said that we you are can't the See, this is where we, we get it all mixed up. We think we got to be angry to war, but we'll the joy the of the Lord is our strength. So we got to have the joy in us like to be able to war. We'll you know, this, this, the things of the kingdom are the total opposite of the things of this world. We're in the kingdom. This has been a rough week. 
this has been a rough week. Listen, we, 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 got people, we got people that are walking through some things. Don't sit in here and think that just because you're smiling means you're not going through something. But we don't smile based on situations and circumstances. We smile because the joy of the Lord is on the inside of us. And the joy of the Lord gives us the ability to walk through some things. Amen. Come on, who's going through something this week? Come on, I know, I know some of you. Don't be lying to me. I know you're going through some stuff. You know, I know there's some people in this room that have lost some good friends, some loved ones this week. There's some people in this room that have been in the hospital with their dad this week. There's some people in this room going through some stuff. I know. You know? I've been going through some stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like the peggers over here, man. They're Pagars. You know, I call them by the wrong name every time. Their, their son was playing in a state soccer game, and I went online to watch it, and I'm like, they kept saying the Goldie Pagar. I'm like, well, how come Caden's not playing? <laughs> I went up and said something to, I don't remember if it was Lisa or Ryan. I said something. Well, well technically our name's pronounced Pagar. Pagar. And I was like, uh, it's been like two years. You think you'd tell me I pronounced the name wrong in two years. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't know. I mean, people get scared of the pastor, I guess. Afraid they'll call down fire. Everybody turns into salt or something. I don't know what it is. But listen, I'm not doing that. But, you know, they've been going through some stuff. Good friend of uh, Penny's passed away. You know, which happens to be related or, well, in-law related to Teresa, you know. And then they still got things going on. Listen, I'm telling you, Carter, listen, God's healing you. He's healing you. You stand on that. You stand on that. Because I'll tell you this, God doesn't reveal what's wrong lest he decide, unless he's in the process of healing. And he just wants everybody to know what it was before he fixed it so they'd know what he did. That's all that is. So you just stand in that right there. You stand in that. Listen, sometimes we go through some stuff. It's like when Jesus was walking around and they wanted to kind of entrap him and he found this blind guy. And they're like, well, Jesus, why is he blind? Is he blind because he sinned? Is he blind because his parents sinned? Well, listen, he was blind from birth. He sinned before he got out of the birth canal? I'd like to figure out who was thinking that. I mean, come on. It's like we lose our whole concept of common sense when we start talking about spiritual things. You know what I mean? Our common sense goes away. And it's like he sinned. He's, he's, he's blind because he sinned, but he was blind from birth. So somehow, coming out of that birth canal, he must have decided to sin. I don't know. Maybe he was yelling at his mom because he took so long to come out or something. I don't know. I, I, where, where's that at? You know what I'm saying? But Jesus said that, hey, he, he, neither one of them, he said it was that I, my father might show his glory, might display his power, right? So sometimes we go through some stuff, just thank God he's going to take you through it, and when you come out on the other side, 
you got to give him glory as you're going through. And when you come out the other side, the world gives the glory too. Because all of a sudden, they don't have an answer. And they got to just say, well, I don't understand that at all. But you made it through. I know you were doing crazy stuff on your way through. You were praising God on your way through. I don't know how you were praising God on your way through that mess. Makes no sense to me. I would have been angry. I would have been bitter. Well, that's the problem. You don't have Jesus in you, so you don't have the strength of the joy of the Lord to see you come through it, and now you know that God saw me through it, and now you are going to turn to God and say, I need you like they've got him. Come on, say, I got Jesus. They need Jesus like I got Jesus. You know, it's not about pride, but we need some confidence back in the body of Christ. I got Jesus, and he's got me. He said that he would keep me. Come on. Come on, I can't believe Christians wandering around, saved, sanctified, set free, full of the Holy Ghost, concerned that God can't keep them. What Bible are you reading? Oh, you're probably not. It's an emotional experience. That's all that is. Like, if I feel good, God's with me. If I don't feel good, I don't know where God is. You have a misconception of who God is because he's with you when you're in the fire, and he's with you when you're in the flood, and he's in you when you're on the mountaintop, and he's in you when you're in the valley. He's with you wherever you go. Nowhere can I go. Where can I go and be apart from the presence of God? I can't go to the highest mountain. If I find myself in hell, you are there. If I find myself on the mountain, you are there. This is scripture I'm quoting Scripture. Turn with me to, uh, listen, I got, Becca, did you get some of them on there? Huh? Yep. Was that yep? Yep. Oh, that's right. She's, she, she knows we have Jesus in the streets, so we got slang talk around here. Yep. I'm with it. What's up? Like, dude, you need to be trained still. You don't even fit in yet. You know, I, you, you know, some we go out. We just have a good time. One time we were out, and there was a guy. He had a big gun stuck right here. <laughs> I walked up to him. I said, "What, what are you doing with that?" He's like, oh, "I'm gonna go home alive tonight." I said, "Oh yeah, is that gonna protect you?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "You, you, you think because you got that you're gonna go home alive?" He says, "Yeah." I said, you know how to use it? Yeah. I said, good, because I'd hate for you to accidentally pull a trigger before you. <laughs> he looked at me and called me a smart you-know-what. He said, well, you're a, I said, <laughs> just checking, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I was just saying, you know, sometimes you got to just, you got to be a little crazy when you're out there because they don't listen to anything. They don't, they don't, listen, you go out there and talk King James to them and they look at you like, the thou what? You know what I mean? Like when somebody says, I don't believe in anything I can't see, I just say, well, quit breathing then. They look at you like, what? What? 
I said, well, you just said you don't believe in anything you can't see. I can't see air. I can't think you see it. You might as well quit breathing. You don't believe in it anyway. You look at me like. But sometimes you just got to make them think. Anyway, we got some pictures up here because, man, we had, I'm telling you, this. sometimes we try to do things and it just, it just works out and don't work out and works out and don't work out. But I showed up here yesterday and the fire department was here. <laughs> they are getting to know us in this township. <laughs> so I showed up yesterday because we had an amazing time on Friday night. And... Uh, how many were here Friday night? How many standing in the freedom? You didn't go back, right? You didn't go back, right? Come on, you didn't go back, shout. So we, we were here Friday night, and we just gathered around, and thanks to Brett for putting this together, and Jesus in the streets. Or, and, and, and so we had two fires going, and... Um, we have big fires going, and people brought things uh, that they wanted to burn, get out of their life, get out of, you know, some stuff you just need to burn. Like, like uh, uh, what, what is it, We the Kingdom or whatever sings the song that burn the ships? Sometimes you just got to burn it so you can't go back. Because we, we have a habit of going back. I mean, the Proverbs even says a dog goes back to its own vomit. That ought to be a hint that we can easily go back. So if you burn it, it's hard to go back. You let the anointing of God destroy it. For this purpose came I unto this world. 1 John, I think 3.8. For this purpose came I unto this world, that I might destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means annihilate or cease to be as though it never was. When the Spirit of God destroys it, you can't go back to it. So why don't you just come into agreement with the Spirit of God and burn it so that you don't leave a way back? Because the Spirit of God said, I already do the work on the inside. Now you just got to accept it on the outside and do a prophetic act on the outside to get rid of that thing, and then you'll be able to stand in it. You know how much harder it would be to go back to some of the things you threw in there? Because you got to walk over the blood of Jesus. You got to walk over the prophetic act. You got to walk over your commitment. You got to walk over all. You got to stumble through it all to get back to it. There's like a hindering spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit. I know other people like to talk about other hindering spirits, but I like the hindering spirit called the Holy Spirit, the one that keeps holding you back, saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't go back there, don't give in to that, don't give in to that. It's called the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of you that says, hey, don't go back. So the captain of the fire department's here because we had two burning barrels. One was completely out. We, we thought we had the other one out. It wasn't burning, but it was smoking so bad that the neighbors called. Said, hey, there's a fire going. And I happened to pull in right when they were here. And they were bringing out water, water cans, you know. I walked out there with them and had a little conversation with them. And he's like, man, he says, you guys are always doing something around here. 
said, well, I guess so. And he goes, but you know what? I, he says, I love it. He said, what do you have going on anyway? I said, well, I said, you know, I said, some people brought some things that they needed out of their life. And he looked down in there, and there was a shrunk up bottle. He said, that glass? I reached down, picked it up. Yep, it's glass. He said, that was alcohol. Wow, that's good. I said, yeah, there was a whole lot of other stuff in there. I said, some of it I don't know because they brought it in bags and I didn't see it. And some of it was in a duffel bag and I didn't see it. And I said, so who knows? It was stuff. He's like, man, I love what you're doing. I don't know. I might still get a ticket in the mail. I'm not sure. But (laughs) (laughs) if I do, I guess we're paying it, right? I mean, you know. The kingdom of God. You know, I I just want a church. Say, I'm the church. I'm the church. A church that doesn't walk in fear but walks in the joy of the Lord. A church that doesn't walk in fear. A church that doesn't believe that the enemy is greater than the God they serve. What a concept. One that just looks as, no, no, get out of here in the name of Jesus. That's how easy that is. Go. That tormenting spirit comes back, go in the name of Jesus. You have no authority here. That, that, that desire to go back to what you've done, no. Say that. Say no. no. Come on, you women say it to your husbands all the time. Say it. Say, you can say <laughs> We'll edit that out somehow. I don't know. Say no. The power of your words. See, the Bible says it's not that which goes in, in, enters into a man that defiles him, but that which comes out. Oh, we forgot that scripture. It's that which comes out. What comes out when the pressure comes in? What comes out? Oh, God, nothing's ever right. Oh, God, this will never work. Oh, God, I just don't know. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It's like your old oh God. Is, you might as well be cussing because you're not saying oh, God, in reverence. You know, and I, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying that's, that's what we get into, right? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And, and, and that's what's defiling us. What comes out defiles us. And then we get the book. We read it, and then what comes out doesn't line up with the book, and we're wondering why we struggle. Well, you're struggling because you're straddling between two kingdoms. Pick one. And the kingdom of our Christ is the total opposite of the kingdom of darkness. 
everything you think you need to do to make it in this world will cause you to fall out of the kingdom of God. Well, I got to fight. No, you got to bow. I got to rise up. No, you got to take a knee. I got to get even. No, you got you to bless them. I got to let them know what I think. No, no, it's the peace of God that you walk in. The Word of God says that it is a gentle word that turns away wrath, yet we rise up in wrath every time we think we need to confront something. Well, they're being angry. Yeah, well, your Bible says a gentle word will turn away wrath. And now you're shouting back at them, and you're wondering why it ain't working. The things of the kingdom are the opposite of the things of this world. So let's go to, forgot what I was doing. Whoops. Let's go to, well, start out with this one. Romans 14. We had this one two weeks ago. How many, how many enjoyed last week's service? I heard it was really good. I listened to it online, so I know it was good. Who learned something last week? Thank Pastor Rose for filling in. I heard so many people say she needs to preach more. I thought you were trying to get rid of me. Oh. Wow. Wow. He just wants more Christmas presents. Take him off the list. Romans 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God does not mean eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Do you have the Holy Spirit? Then you ought to have joy. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Then you ought to have peace. Right? The wrestling, sometimes the wrestling is here. I'm not saying we don't have spirits to deal with. But listen, how many believe in here? I'll be a little different today maybe. I'm different every day. What do I know? How many in here believe that Eve was possessed of a devil? Raise your hand. Come on. Eve in the garden, pure, no sin, created by God, standing in a garden. Did she have a devil? She wasn't possessed of a devil. She had a devil in the vicinity. She had a devil in her domain. She had a devil in her reign area. But she wasn't possessed of a devil. All he did is give a suggestion. A suggestion that does what? A suggestion creates what? A thought. I'll help you get to where I want you to go. A thought. 
a thought. A suggestion creates a thought. Right? How, how else do we get thoughts? Where do thoughts come from? Where do thoughts come from? See, this is, this is why the church is losing when it should be winning. Because the first thing that comes to everybody's mind is it's the devil. Every one of your five senses create a thought. If I said to you today, think about something red, every one of you would be thinking about something else. Somebody's probably thinking about a red T-bird. Right? But in every sense that every one of your senses, your sense of smell, your sense of taste, like how many times have you ate something and thought, man, that reminds me of this? Right? Every time you, you see a picture, I remember, I, I remember, like Beck went to Hawaii for her honeymoon and she took a picture with her cell phone and put it on a canvas and we had it in our living room. And I used to look at that and I'd think about all the time when we were in Hawaii. That picture created a thought. You eat that pie, you think about your grandma and your grandpa, and you're like, I remember. My mom makes banana pudding, and I think about all the, all the Christmas Eves at my grandpa's house when we used to fight over the banana pudding. Every time she brings a banana pudding, my mind goes back to when I was younger, and I, I think about them Christmas Eves with my family. That banana pudding creates a thought. Your five senses, the smell, will bring you back somewhere and create a thought. But your Bible says to take every thought captive. Not some, every. Should I say it? I haven't said it in a couple weeks. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. You said it last week? Yeah. Every thought, not some thoughts, not just the ones you want to take captive, not not take the ones you don't want and then the ones you want to relate to you keep. Because, listen, sometimes we hang on to things we need to let go of. The thing we're supposed to let go of that we keep letting make our identity when God said your identity is in me. But you keep hanging on to that thought that makes you feel like you've got an identity. But you're afraid to take that thought captive and cast it out of your mind because that's what's making you have an identity. But Jesus said take every thought captive, not just the ones that you don't like. Take them all captive, even the ones you do like. And I'm telling you right now, if I was to see a bowl of banana pudding and a thought comes into my mind and I go back to them days, I can tell you there might be some disappointments in them days. And if I let it go too far, 
I might be reliving disappointments from 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Well, I don't know how old I am anymore. But let's just say a long time ago, I'd be living this thought from a long time ago, and all of a sudden, the depression starts coming in. The fear starts coming in. The stuff starts coming in. And all of a sudden, I'm doing things I didn't used to do. I'm calling people, and they're, or they're calling me, and they're saying, hey, let's go do I don't feel like it. I want to stay home. I don't feel like it. I'm just going to stay home. Oh, I don't want to go to church. Nobody loves me there. Where'd that come from? It came from a thought that went way back. Take captive every thought. Turn to John chapter 13. By the way, we, 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 we went through John chapter 13 at Amrens Bible Study. You probably should be there if you're a man. Jesus is with his disciples. Well, I haven't got there yet. Patience. <laughs> Jimmy, I love you. I'm trying to hide in the back row, but I still see you over there. Verse number... Uh, forgot. Uh, we'll just start at one because it's only two verses. Now before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Think about the power of the Holy Spirit that you can know stuff. You read in your Bible, there's plenty of times where he says, my hour is not yet. My hour hasn't come yet. That's even what he said to his mother when she said, hey, hey, do something about this. They don't have any wine. He said, mother, my hour is not. Actually, what he said was, woman, don't, don't recommend you doing that with your mom, but I'm just saying, woman, I don't care how old you are. Well, my mom's like 80. Don't matter. Frying pan in her hand, you'll feel it. I'm just saying she might not be able to do it with her bare hand. She'll find something to do it with. But Jesus said plenty of times, my hour had not come yet. But then all of a sudden, knowing, he said, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, supper being concluded, meaning what? Finished. They were done eating. The devil had put into the heart of Judas to betray him. What does that say? The devil had put into the heart of Judas. That's why we take every thought captive. 
because Judas started with a thought. The devil did not have control over Judas. He just had the ability to part, implant, and put in a thought. And Judas, being weak in his mind, couldn't fight off the thought. Because he was weak in his mind. So here we see the devil puts a thought into Judas. Now if we go, and I, I should have marked these down a little better. Actually, I wasn't planning on putting this in here, but we, we looked at it on Thursday and I added it. Uh, verse 26, jump all the way down. Jesus is sitting at the table. You, got, you, you know, when I read the Bible, I laugh sometimes. He's sitting at the table and he says, hey, somebody here is going to betray me. And then he says, the person that I dipped this bread in and handed to him, you know, and then he does that and he hands it to Judas and then he says, go and do whatever you're going to do, do quickly. And then all the disciples are like, well, who's going to betray him? Who's, is it you? Is it me? Is it you? I'm like, did you not hear what he said? He said, the one that I dipped the bread in and give it to, and then you're sitting here going, what's going on? I'm like, huh? How can you be in the middle of the presence of God and see the revelation right in front of you and be blind to it. And listen, if it makes you feel any better, apparently there were about 11 disciples that struggled with the same thing. Like, what's going on? He just told you. Five minutes ago, it's kind of like church people, you know what I'm saying? Come to church on Sunday, leave dancing and shouting, made it to the car. And all of a sudden, all them things you grabbed a hold of in the presence of God, like, oh, <laughs> Isn't that fickle the life we live sometimes? I'm not talking about just you. I mean, I'm in there, right? We just all, we're all in here. We might as well just be honest. Can we be honest in church? I mean, I'd hate to think we're going to lie in church. If there ought to be a place we should be honest, it should be in the tabernacle of God. So anyway, he says, he says this. He goes, he goes, uh, this is John leaning back against Jesus in verse 25 Jesus' bosom, he says, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answers, it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And he dipped the bread and he gave it to Judas and the son of Simon. After receiving the piece of bread, Satan entered him. All of the preparation... How much time did Judas toy with a thought? Well, 
well, Satan just attacked me because I went to Walmart. No, no, you've had a thought, and you've been walking in it for a long time, and because you wouldn't take control of the thought, because you wouldn't take it captive, because you wouldn't cast it down every vain imagination, because you wouldn't cast it down, you opened the door, and then this is what happens. But it's a process. You don't go to bed at night and become possessed of a devil when you wake up in the morning. There is a process, but you can get out of the process because we can take the thought captive because that's what the Word of God tells us to do. So we take the thought captive, we cast that imagination down, that thought down. Say, well, I don't know how to do that. Really? Let me give you a weapon that you have. There there was a picture of a menorah that she used last week. Want to put that back up? Turn with me to Isaiah. See, God, God is God. Say, God is God. And I am not. So I'm getting ready to go away to go to Ohio with a bunch of young people, crazy young people. I had a great time, by the way. I feel younger because of it. Pretty sure I can beat you up now. <laughs> getting my youth back. And, and I, I go to Pastor Rose, and she's like, hey, I was going to preach on Isaiah 11, verse 2. I'm like, huh. So I went and got my phone, and I brought it to her, and I said, here's my notes I've been writing down, because I use a notepad thing in my phone, because sometimes you're just sitting somewhere. Anybody ever been sitting somewhere and a thought comes to your mind? So I'm like sitting there. I don't got a pen. I don't got a paper. I don't got a, you know, I'm like, hold the notes up, put it down there. And so I put it down there because here's the thing. Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 2, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Who's him? Jesus. Okay. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord rested upon Jesus. When Jesus went to heaven, he said, what? Go dwell in this place until you are endued with power. And the Spirit of God, the the Holy Spirit, descended into that room and did what? Baptized them in the Holy Ghost. Filled them in the Spirit. That same Spirit. See, you don't have a secondary Spirit of God. You, you don't have one that only knows half of what's going on. See, some of, you, some of you are already like, what? Oh, really? No, the Holy Spirit that God has given us, when he said, I must go to heaven, it is important, it is expedient, it is a must 
that I go to heaven. Because if I don't go to heaven, the Holy Spirit can't come to the earth. And he needed the Holy Spirit to come because the Holy Spirit can indwell all of us at the same time where Jesus could only sit with groups. But the Holy Spirit is, one, is a part of the Godhead, and he's in communication with the Godhead. And so that same spirit, that's why, the, that's why the Bible says, that same spirit that rose Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body. I'd say right now, if you've got something in your body you need healed, I'd put your hand on it right now and say, Holy Spirit, thank you for quickening my body. Thank you for bringing in the healing. Thank you for making it right, putting everything into alignment, putting everything into alignment, making it function like it's supposed to function in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Because that same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, it dwells in us. And that same Spirit is described as what it brought to Jesus. Said so the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Do you ever look at these and say, my goodness, it deals with your mind. You have been given the Spirit of God to bring every thought captive. The Spirit of God, its wisdom, deals with your mind. Understanding deals in your mind. Counsel, hey, when you go to a counselor, they're trying to get in your head. Right? Spirit of knowledge. You got every weapon you need. You got every weapon you need. Your mind is so powerful that they do studies in the medical field to validate drugs. And when they do the studies, they'll have one group taking the drug, one group taking what they call a placebo, which is just a sugar pill. And there are people taking the sugar pill that are recovering just like the people taking the real drug in the study. That's how powerful your mind is. They had a, they had a, a drug that was for migraine headaches. They, they took this drug and they did this study and they would put the drug in, they had three bottles, 
three different labels. One was labeled the drug's name. One was labeled as they literally said, this is fake, it's a placebo. And the other one, I forget what they labeled it, but there was three bottles labeled. They all had the right drug in them. They were just labeled wrong. You know the ones that took the drug that was labeled the drug had positive effect on, from the medication, but the ones that took the same drug that came out of a bottle that said it was a placebo, that it was fake, they didn't have as great an effect or results as the ones taking the real drug. And they were taking the same drug. Now, I'm not, this is not a medical debate. Please understand me. I'm just using something to show you how great of a creator you have. Because we are created in his image and his likeness. And he created our mind. And he created us to be creative. And he created us to take dominion. And he created us to multiply and subdue the earth. He created us to take dominion over our domain, where we live, where we walk. And our mind is so powerful that if our mind thinks something, whatsoever a man thinks, so is he. You ever sit around and think about how you're just not worthy? Come on, I know we do. Whatever a man thinks. What I wonder sometimes, and listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just a man. But you know, I, I believe in God that he called me to raise up a church. That's you and that's me. A church that transforms communities, changes things. And sometimes that gets hard to believe in because when we look at stuff, we're like, yeah, I don't know why I would ever be able to do that. I don't know how I could ever make a difference. Come on, we all think these things. I don't know why, 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 whatever, whatever. Our mind then when we keep those thoughts, we'll make you say, I don't even need to get out of bed today. It doesn't make any difference if I get out of bed today. Nobody will care if I don't get out of bed today. Where does that come from? See, now sometimes they, they say, well, you need to cast out the devil. I say cast down the thought. I'd hate to live my life thinking that I'm full of the Holy Ghost, I worship all the time, that I speak in tongues, and I let God have his way in my life, and just because a thought comes in, all of a sudden I'm possessed by a devil. I have a hard time with that one. I'm not saying we can't walk away from God and create a door. I'm just saying if you're walking around full of the Holy Ghost, 
and a thought comes in, then know this, it's just a thought. Grab it, take it captive, cast it down, and say, I am a child of the Most High God. He has created me for such a time as this. He didn't make a mistake when he stuck me in Muskegon. He didn't make a mistake when he had me living in this hour. I know there's times we wish we lived in a different hour, but he didn't make the mistake when he put you in this hour. Well, if I would have born, been born back in the day, yeah, you would have had to grow your own food, cut down your logs to make your house, Ride in a buggy across the country. Some of you are already saying, well, maybe I was born in the right year. <laughs> Wouldn't have had a computer. Wouldn't be able to have internet to keep up on everything. Would have had to actually work. Jesus, the Spirit of God, brought the Spirit of, as part of the seven spirits of God, we are endued with the weapons to fight the battle. And when we get that right, then we can do anything we want under the direction of the Holy Ghost. You know, you know, you think that, oh, I have the Holy Spirit. I can do whatever God tells me to do. Yeah, not if you don't have your thoughts captive. Because God will give you something to do and fear will come in. And fear will paralyze you. And you'll be 20 years later going, man, I, God always told me. I, I know I lived it. be 20 years later saying, I always wanted to do it. God always said to do this. God always said to do that. I never did it. Well, the spirit that's in you is the same then as it is now. You just didn't trust it. You didn't take the thought captive. You didn't trust the spirit of God. The spirit of God gives you the ability to walk with a smile on your face when the people around you are grumpy. I walked into a, a thing the other day. They were doing some work on a vehicle for me. I walked in there, and, uh, uh, you know, they just, I'm like, well, what's the mess here, right? You know, kind of thing. And I walked in there, and I'm kind of joking around with them. And I said, well, listen, if you need some help, I said, I, I, I could use a part-time job. If you got a desk for me, I'll just come in here and, you know. He goes, well, you know, he says, we do have a desk. It's upstairs. You could, you could. You could have that desk, he says, but, you know, the person that sits at that desk is grumpy. Can you be grumpy? Because I've never seen you come in here and be grumpy. <laughs> he says, and that person's always grumpy, so if you're going to take their chair, you've got to be grumpy. I said, oh, I can work on it. I, I can work on being grumpy. How much does it pay? <laughs> you think I'm kidding. That's a real conversation. 
And he looked at me like, yeah, I don't know. I said, well, does he really do anything? No. Oh, well, then I definitely could do this job. <laughs> and I won't be grumpy. That's the hard part right there. If I don't have to do anything and you're paying me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a hard time being grumpy. But I will work at it. <laughs> anything. Say anything. anything. I walk through. I can do it with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The kingdom of God is peace, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Say, well, you don't know what's going on in my life. You are right, I don't, but the Holy Ghost does. So if he knows you need another dose of joy, you just got to let him in. Let him come in and let him bring that joy in. Let him bring it in because he will. If he, if he knows you need it, you got to just give it to him. You got to say, you know what, I'm going to let my guard down. You know, it's funny how we put our guard up for the things of God, but we let the thoughts come in that are contrary to God's thoughts. How did we get so good at that? Oh, putting the guard up. And then the thought of the enemy comes in. Oh, I got my guard down. Why are we backwards? Do you drive your car in reverse all the way to work? I'm just trying to get you to, like, get a picture of how we're living sometimes. Like, just get in your car one day and try to drive to work backwards and think, why do I think backwards? I'm just trying to make the word real. Trying to get it in a way that you can't just say, well, I didn't really learn nothing today. <laughs> you get people leave here. One leaves here because whatever, and the other one leaves. Well, you don't preach good enough. Oh, you, you, you don't preach the word, or you don't. Uh, what are you listening to? <laughs> what do you do while you're here? You don't want to learn. Not you guys. I wasn't talking about you guys. My pastor said this, never stop learning. And then he threw this one out here. This one's going to make every one of your heads go like, head tilt. Every person is your teacher. Yeah, see? I, used, I thought that, too, when he first said that every person is your teacher. Well, well, I ain't learning from them. You know what they're like? Like, exactly. Learn not to be like that. 
Stop hanging around with people that are grumpy, grouchy, always upset, always whining, always complaining. You ought to learn something. Don't be like that. You know, it's like we hang around with them, and then we go to somebody else, and we talk like them. You learn something, all right, but you're learning to be like them. Just learn not to be like them. Cast down that thought. Cast down that thing that's taking control of you, and then get back over here and let that be a teacher that says, hey, listen, I don't want to be like that. Because you have dominion. Whether you want to or not, unfortunately, God has forever surrendered his right to operate without your permission in your life. You get to decide when you get up in the morning whether you're going to smile or frown. You get to decide when you get up in the morning whether you're going to read your word or listen to some angry newscaster. You get to decide. You get to decide whether you're going to put worship music on or complain. You get to decide. Do you know most of the time I, I put worship music, almost every day, I put worship music on while I'm in the shower. I have a little speaker. I, I, I got it for Christmas. Somebody asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I was like, I don't need anything. And honestly... I, I, I just don't feel like I need anything. Like, what, what do you need? I don't need anything. Like, I just hang out with you. I don't need anything. You ever get tired of hanging around with people because they need something? You're like, is the only reason you're here is because you need something? I mean, I just want to be around some people that are so full of God that he's met their needs, and we get together, and nobody needs anything. We can just sit around and enjoy the presence of God together. We can live life together. We can enjoy the things of God together and not feel like we're just there because they need us. Now, if they do need something, then give them Jesus. You need money? I'll give you money. Come to church. They don't show up. Oh, I guess I don't have any. I was talking to a guy the other day that's been wandering around asking everybody for money. He was telling me all the things, and I said, well, have you looked for a house yet? Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> Apparently, I'm one of those. So let me ask you again. Have you even looked for a house to live in yet? No, everywhere I go, they're full. Did you put your name on the waiting list? No. Well, what, what, well you don't want a house then. I said, I don't know about you, but any common normal person who needs a house, and they showed up somewhere and they got a waiting list, they put their name on the waiting list. Oh, you're just going to be like that. <laughs> Apparently. See, all you guys think I'm so nice. But you, <laughs> we have everything we need in Jesus, in his word. Be not afraid of this world, because I have overcome the world, said Jesus. 
And he said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You got no, hey, when everybody starts showing up and they're scared, you ought to just kind of chuckle. Say, well, let me introduce you to the real God. Let me introduce you to the real Savior, the real King of kings, the real Lord of lords. The one that I serve is not defeated. I don't know which one you're serving, but the one I'm serving is not defeated. And I'm in him, which makes me more than a conqueror to those that believe in him and trust in him. So I'm more than a conqueror. And in John 17, it's one of my favorite chapters, Jesus says that he kept every one of his disciples. He's praying to his father. And he's saying, Father, I pray that they be one as you and I are one. See, I know that a lot of people use that for the church coming together and the Christians coming together. And it's good. It's good. But I look at it like this. Jesus was one with the Father. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. He was one with the Father. And that same Spirit that was in and on him while he walked on this earth is in and on us as we walk on this earth. And Jesus said, I pray that they would be one as we are one. And I don't know, but I tend to think it's great that we be in unity, but I sure like the idea of being in unity with God. I like, okay, I'll be in unity with you, but I want this relationship that Jesus prayed I could have, that I could be one as he was one with his Father, that I could hear my Father's voice, that I could hear my Father's direction, that I could hear what I'm supposed to say and where I'm supposed to go. Do I get it right all the time? No, but I'm telling you what, I am pressing towards the mark of the most high of the call of God, just like Paul said. I press towards the mark. I'm pressing towards the mark, not that everybody likes me, but that I have a relationship with God, that I can hear him, that I can see what he wants done. God, show me where to go. Show me what to say. God, become one in me, that I could be an example of you, that I could be your expressed image in this world. You can be the expressed image of God. Matter of fact, that's what you're called to be. That's what you're called to be. The, exp- the church of Jesus Christ. The one that he said the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. That's you. The ga- you see, you, you, you look at a building and say, church, you're the church, not the building. 
And so when Jesus said that this revelation of who I am, the anointed one, that Peter all of a sudden realized who he was by the unction of the Holy Ghost, by God revealing to him that revelation that comes when you read this thing, and all of a sudden it becomes alive in you, and you get a revelation, and that revelation gives you a knowledge of who God is. And then in that revelation, you can stand on the promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against me because I'm the church. Say that. Say, I'm the church. You're the expressed image. When we're out of here, this world's in trouble. Muskegon, I believe, right now, because we're here, is protected. You say, well, there's a lot of evil going on. Yeah, I know how worse it would be if we weren't here. I believe every time Jesus in the streets hits the streets, we're covering the land. I believe that the, 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 the death, the crime, that all of that stuff is diminishing because we're covering the land. If I didn't believe it, why would I go? If you don't believe going to work makes the place you work at more prosperous, why do you go? You walk in and say, hey, next time you go to work and they want to fire you, just walk say, hey, boss, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really do that because, you know, when I'm here, the anointing and the blessing of God is on your business. You might want to think about who you let go. Well, that sounds arrogant. Mm. You sitting in a room and they got a downsize like Merck or whoever it was the other day, 10,000 jobs they just had. How many headlines do we read and then get afraid? 10,000 jobs they just let go. I, I got a transportation company. Do you know how many trucking companies have closed their doors in the last six months? Has it been six months? At least in the last six months. It's in the hundreds. I don't read that and go, oh, my. What are we going to do? You're at a place and they say, hey, we got to lay some people off. If God says let them lay you off, you say, all right. I'm out of here. Maybe you're not the one that's got to be laid off. Maybe you're in line where other people go before you. And God said to you, hey, I, I'm giving you the peace to be laid off because I got something else for you. Then just say, hey, hey, instead of that guy going, I'll go. But if you're in that place and you're in the line to be the one laid off, you, I wouldn't be one bit against you standing there and saying to your boss, well, you know, I pray for this company, and I believe the anointing of God brings blessing to this place because I'm here. You may want to think about that. Do you believe that you carry that? You don't think I'm crazy, do you? 
I believe it. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that. Harvard Health publishes this article. Your mind, this is Harvard. Last time I checked, they don't even know God. Your mind can be a powerful healing tool when given the chance. The idea that your brain can convince your body of fake treatment is the real thing. The so-called placebo effect and thus stimulate healing has been around for the millennia. Now science has found that under the right circumstance, a placebo can be just as effective as traditional treatment. You're powerful. And when you let God use you, you're not only powerful, you're anointed. And for this purpose, see, we were, come, we, we, we were sent here to raise hell. See, some, I mean, I know you don't know what that, but we used, I have a T-shirt that says I was born to raise hell. Raise is spelled R-A-Z-E, not R-A-I-S-E. Not to raise hell from the dead and let them have their way. We're to raise hell because we're to raise, we're to destroy, we're to annihilate. We're to cause it to cease to be as though it never existed. That's what that is about. And you have the power to do it if you keep your mind on God and you take captive every thought and imagination and stay focused. Stay focused. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell God he's great. Tell God he's great. He's great and greatly to be praised. Come again. In this place. Listen. I don't say this lightly, but I know God is great.
Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.